that's just me getting the audio synced. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, just quickly for you guys, even though I just told Dean not to look at the camera. Um, so I'm chatting with Dean here. Hello. Um, and today we're going to be talking a little bit about um, basically the differences between like Eastern and Western cultures when it comes to upbringing mm -hmm. and um, the positives, the negatives, the areas that it's quite similar. Yep. Um, and we're basically just going to start with that topic and see where it takes us. Sure. Um, so I guess first question to you, yeah. we kind of chatted a little bit before, mm -hmm. um, but let's just go into like a little bit about yourself, like your upbringing, obviously you are raised in Australia, mm -hmm. but both your parents are full blood Chinese, so yeah. maybe just give us like a little bit of context as to who you are, yeah. who your parents are, and then we'll go from there. Right, so uh, my name's Dean, I was born in Brisbane, so born here, my parents immigrated over, so my dad immigrated over about 25 years ago to do his masters, I think, I believe. Masters or his PhD, one of the two. Um, and then- Smart man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, after that, so he was here for about two years and then managed to get my mom, to bring my mom over as well. And then they had me when I was here. Um, and then we've just been here since then. Um, and yeah. That's 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 me. Yeah, pretty yeah. It's pretty basic. Yeah. Well, yeah. tell us like, like what did like your upbringing as a child like? Mm -hmm. um, what were your strengths? What made you want to do like what you do now? Um, and then from there, I guess I'll pick out some stuff and I'll ask you a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. So my upbringing was you know quite a cookie cutter Asian upbringing. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of emphasis on academics. Mm -hmm and just learning skills that my parents believed would be useful in the future. Or so, so things such as like piano, sending me to Chinese school on the weekends, tutoring, also did violin as well. Wow, yeah, um, so yeah, so a bunch of like the very standard Asian kind of things. Um, and my parents were pretty strict on that kind of stuff. They weren't, they weren't crazy over the top. But that say, look, you gotta, you gotta do all your homework, you gotta do your extra tutoring, mm. two hours of piano a night. Yeah. Um, barely ever got to go out and like have fun with friends. Basically, just like one day of the weekend. Yeah. Um, because Saturdays was Chinese school, uh, and then the so rest the whole day on Saturday was Chinese school. The whole, like four or five hours of it was Chinese school, yeah. and then I come over and play piano. Yeah. Well. Uh, and then that's pretty much night time. Then you have dinner. Yeah. And then. I wasn't really have to go out at night, so yeah, that was Saturday, and then Sunday was like a sleep in into homework, piano, yeah, well. and then in the afternoon I'd probably get to go out to play with some neighborhood, like some kids around the neighborhood. Yeah, that was well. when I was really young, and then by the time I got to like high school, mm -hmm. um, they they got a bit easier on a few things, so let me go out and like play with mates a bit more. But then I'd also have more pressure on like the amount of work I had to do. So it kind of evened out anyways. Um, and basically it was strict, but it wasn't like too bad for yeah. me, for me at least. Yeah. It, was, it was what I was used to. Um, and then as I got older, they would get more and more lenient about like just doing things for fun. 
um, because they realized that I was pretty responsible. So I, I would uh, basically, the one thing they said was, as long as you've done everything that you should have done, mm. you can do whatever you want. Right. So if I'd done all my homework, if my assignments were up to date, you know, if I'd done my like piano and violin practice, all that kind of stuff, they said, you want to watch TV, you want to play games, you want to go with friends, it's fine. As long as you've done yourself. As long as you've done everything else. So it ends up being like, because i got to do everything else first, I don't have a lot of time to go out. Yeah. But when I did, I, I was allowed to. They were, pretty, they were pretty fine with that. I'd go to my cousin's place, mm. play video games, have sleepovers, yeah. all the usual kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, right. So it wasn't too bad. Um, and then you asked me, like, how did I get to here? How, like, what I wanted to do? Mm. And that's a pretty interesting thing. I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I was like trying to work out where to go to uni, what to study for uni. Yeah. Uh, I always really liked maths. I was always like pretty academic. So, but I didn't really have an idea. I didn't want to be a doctor, mm. even though that's like the Asian thing that's to like do. The Asian dream. It's the Asian <laughs> become a doctor. But um, and it's really surprising. My parents didn't want me to become a doctor as well. Yeah. Right. And so my mum said the one reason is because. Becoming a doctor was really stressful, and they didn't want me to have that kind of stress in my life. Okay. Um, so they, they did want me to, to be successful, they wanted me to have money, you know, they wanted me to have all that kind of stuff. But they said they felt that becoming a doctor trades off too much of like your stress yeah. um, for that kind of, you know. And, and even now, nowadays, it's not even that good of a, that good money. Um, you got to like work really hard and become quite specialized to get mm. really, really good money as a doctor. Um, but I didn't know what to do, so my mom said, well, have you heard of a thing called actuary? Uh, have you heard of what actuary is? No, I've not. Actuary is a pretty new field of study in the finance world, mm. um, and it's very difficult, and it's very, like, complex, and it's quite, like, specialised. Is it quite mathematical as it's well? It's very mathematical. Um, basically, in layman's terms, you, you're working, you're using probability to then price things. Right. So for example, an insurance company would use an actuary to far, uh, to price their insurances. What's the probability of this event happening? Yeah. And based on that probability, how much should we charge insurance? Right. So life insurance. What's the probability of this person that smokes, they die before 60? Yes. And then because they smoke, the, the chances are higher, so we have to, we have to you know, right. charge them more for life insurance. That yeah, kind of right. thing. Wow. Um, that's very, very basic. That's like a very, I'm very always, basic. I've always wondered yeah. like how they come up with the yeah. prices. It's a very, very basic view of what an actuary is. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a very new field, quite difficult. Mm. Um, and so pays pays pretty good money. Yeah. So my mom says, well, why don't you go and do that? And I didn't have any, really any reason to say no. So I said, sure, why not? And that's why I moved down to Melbourne to study. Right. Okay. Um, and I, I did do actuary, but I didn't really like it, so I swapped out of it, um, because it is very difficult, and it's a bit boring as well, Yeah, right. very dry kind of thing. And because what is it you've yeah. just graduated in now? Finance. That's right. So those things, they have some crossover, mm. but um, actuary was very, what do you call, how do you call it? It's, it's, it's quite dry, and it's yeah. also really only focused on like one very specific aspect of finance. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, I kind of enjoyed the more broad aspects of finance. Yeah. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, that's how I've pretty much got into where I am now. Yeah, nice. Nice. Yeah. And um, 
I guess like before we started recording, we talked a little bit about um, like some of the positives coming out of Chinese culture. Mm-hmm. One of which was the fact that you had to like really work your ass off to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. Which means that entitlement, which is something that happens a lot in Western mm-hmm. culture, doesn't really mm-hmm. um, rear its head as much. Yeah. Um, and you were telling me about your dad's story, so maybe mm-hmm. let's just like go over that again. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about where your dad started, like what he had to do just to give you an opportunity. Yeah. So um, really the the province that we're from in China is called Xinjiang, and that's like northwest, really close to Russia and Kazakhstan, mm-hmm. um, and it's probably one of the more underdeveloped provinces. Of China um, and that being the case like my dad grew up through some pretty rough times so he's, he's gone through some pretty rough things where you know when he was young there were quite a few years where just there was no school like yeah. Mao's revolution that kind of stuff um, and you know he just there was no school and he was just on the streets but you know when he did get back to school he worked hard and he was the back then there weren't a lot of universities university spots, Mm. there wasn't even a university in that province, so he had to go to another province's university. So he was the only kid in that province that year to go to university, Mm. um, purely because he worked hard at it. Um, He would go and study, then go and work in the rice fields for money, and then do that, and then he managed to get into uni. Um, That's insane, Alex. So yeah. Yeah, so um, <laughs> what people think is hard work nowadays yeah. compared to like what your father would have had to go through. Yeah, yeah, so they really had to like do some crazy stuff back then. Um, and so, yeah, when we were talking about entitlement, like even me personally, mm. I feel like I sometimes can get a little bit entitled to things. Yeah. Because whilst I've had to like exhibit hard work, I've been, I've grown up in quite a privileged place. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, sometimes it does happen to me. So it's more like immigrants from China mm. and like the older crowd. So from maybe like the out the previous generation, definitely a lot of those Chinese immigrants were you know very very hardworking individuals mm. um, who moved over here for a better life. Um, you know, because they saw a dream in Australia. Yeah. Um, you know, fun fact, the part. Uh, the place that I live in, in, yeah. in Brisbane, was uh, is a very very big Chinese community community there, kind of like the Box Hill Doncaster of Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's because um, when the Chinese gold miners came for the gold rush, one of the first places they got to was Brisbane, Makes sense. and one of the first places they set up was the area where I live in. Um, so the area where I live in in Brisbane used to be the old Chinatown mm. um, before they moved into the city. So that's why where I where I'm from, huge Chinese um, community community, yeah. and that's when I when I heard of that like gold miner thing, I'm like, see, see, that's the kind of thing where like you see all these these like hardworking Chinese people come over, yeah. and just on a dream for a little bit of gold, mm. they've made their way all the way over to Australia, yeah. and set up shop here, and they work hard for it, you mm. know. Um, that leads us quite nicely into like what yeah. we were talking about as well. Like, um, there's obviously. Now that like the world is becoming more accessible everywhere, like there's obviously a lot of Chinese integrating with Western culture, and there's a lot of um, like what you experience in school, like mm-hmm. a lot of racism, especially mm-hmm. um, with you know like backwards kind of thinking. You know, you were saying Australians coming from the outback who didn't really understand like yeah. the Chinese culture, and mm-hmm. they're upset that you know Chinese kids are doing really well in school and Chinese kids are getting really good jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and for them that was seen as unfair, but really it, the fact of it is Chinese people just know how to work. Yeah, like they've come from like a really like really hard life mm -hmm. where they've had to really, you know, push yeah. past their comfort zones yeah. and push past their entitlements, and they made it to Australia. And now they're trying to do the best they can. Yeah, because there's so many people in China, and there's only so many jobs and mm. so many like opportunities available where if you want to be successful you have to like really put your whole heart and body into you know mm. just working hard um in china like there's so many kids and there's so many bright kids as well um but there's just not enough schools yeah and there's not enough good schools mm. um so to get into a good school in china you don't have to be just smart you also have to have money in the family because scholarships are only given out to the top, you know, tiny percentage of people. Mm. Um, so even like a, like a pretty smart kid, like a really smart kid who'd get a scholarship to like a decent school here, they'd have to like, you know, they'd have to work their butt off mm. and, you know, really, really push themselves to try and get into a good school in China. Um, and that's not, I'm not saying that China people are smarter, it's just because there's so many more people and everyone has to work hard to mm. be able to differentiate themselves and to really like, you know, show yeah. off. Um, but yeah, and then that's just from the top to the bottom, you know, that's all just kind of ingrained in the culture, in the Chinese culture at the moment where to succeed, you've got to work hard. Mm. Yeah. Which is probably like, that makes complete sense that when, you know, Chinese families, like yeah. your family yeah. in Australia, yeah. um, in a place like Australia where you don't really need to work that hard yeah. to get by or to yeah. make a living or yeah. to do well, mm -hmm. that's why Chinese do better. Because <laughs> yeah. they've yeah. still got Cause, that cause mentality they, of yeah. working hard. Yeah, and they, they're, so, they're used to it as well. Mm. Um, and then for them, there's nothing wrong with doing hard labor or menial tasks. Like, they're not, they're not afraid to do like just honest work. You know? mm. um, and then for them, like, they'll say like, if this is going to buy for now, We'll just do it. Yeah. Um, but then they also don't rest because they don't want to do menial labor. Of course, they don't want to do just like mm. basic work. But they they also just find it you know perfectly reasonable just to just do it to get by for the moment. If that's yeah. what you need to do at that point yeah. to get to where you want to go, yeah. then do it. Yeah. yeah. My um. So when my dad first moved over, he was doing. I'm pretty sure it was his PhD. Mm. Um. And one thing he had to do, uh, he had like run up, up do our jobs and stuff. Mm. Um, he worked in a chicken factory, yeah. cutting chicken, like killing chickens and cutting them up. Wow. So he doesn't like chicken to this day, just because he had to like kill so many chickens. He doesn't really like eating chicken. That's, yeah. No, I'm, I'm not even yeah, 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 kidding. Yeah, um, when my mum moved over, uh, my mum moved over and in China, my mum had a really, really specialized electronics degree. Yeah. Um, because we were on the border with the Russians. Mm -hmm. Uh, she did a computer science degree where um, what her job ended up being coding computer computers into Russian because they would make computers in China, code into Russian and sell to the Russians. Wow! So, so that's nice. so that's what she was doing. Legit or legit? Not yeah. Like oh, okay, cool. I thought you were talking about the black band. No, 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 no. <laughs> She was um, so yeah. So she was the only girl in her computer sciences yeah, yeah. Um, course. Wow. Um, and she was, and only a few of them graduated as well. And she mm. was the only girl in the co, like one of the few girls in the cohort, and the only girl to actually graduate. Um, so she had a really, really good, good gig mm. back home. So for her, it was actually quite a difficult decision of whether or not to come 
to Australia with my dad. Yeah, right. But then she said, you know, the living conditions in Australia yeah. are good, you know, the future. And then one of the things was when she, she said, when I eventually have kids, I'd rather them live, grow up in Australia mm. than in China. Because uh, she just thinks it would be a better upbringing. But she also knew that her degree wasn't recognized in, in Australia. Mm. So if she came over to Australia, she would essentially have nothing, like yeah. no qualifications. Mm. So she moved over and the only job she could get was a cleaner. So she went from coding computers to mm. working like a couple, three or four cleaning jobs yeah. to help pay, pay for um, our lab. Mm. She was cleaning people's homes, she was cleaning offices, mm. she was doing all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and then like such a step down, but she's like, you know, it's fine. Yeah. It's hard work, you know, my hands got dry, they got chapped, they got raw and red, but you know, it was fine. Like, yeah, grateful for you. Yeah, yeah you know, you know, opportunity yeah, so then, so, yeah, so then like, yeah. it was fine, and then dad finished his studies, he got a, full, like, a good full time job mm. with the Brisbane Council, um, and then suddenly she didn't have to work as hard, and then she had me, and then she just looked after me, and she said, you know, there's nothing really to it, like, that's just what she had to do, and that's just what she did. Mm. Yeah. That's really, uh, yeah. that's cool. Because we were also talking about before, like I was telling you how my mum had to go through like yeah. a lot of stuff yeah. for me and my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the things like in the immigrant culture in general, not necessarily Chinese, but like when you see a bit of life for yourself, like, mm-hmm. like our parents' generation especially, and I feel like it would be the same for our generation if we were in like, you know, a war-torn country yeah. or in poverty and we yeah. had a chance to come across to a place like Australia's, you know, the dream for those kind of people is to work really, really hard to have a good life for the kids, for the next yeah. generation. Mm-hmm. Whereas like nowadays, like, um, and this comes back to that kind of like entitlement in a place like Australia's, it's all about like doing it for you, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, that's just an interesting side note, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, like back to the topic of like, um, like Chinese upbringing, against Western upbringing. In your opinion, like what are some areas, um, thinking of maybe like some friends of yours who have grown up just in China instead of growing up in Australia with Chinese parents, like what are some things that you really think could change in um, like a Chinese upbringing? Um, Areas that maybe could be taken from Western and then what are some areas that you think like are really well done in a Chinese upbringing that Western culture could Integrate. Uh, so the one, the few things that I see are that Chinese people are obviously a lot more strict about things, mm-hmm. and then they uh, they put a lot of thought into what happens down the road. Mm. So a lot of the things that they make you do when you're young, so if they made me do as a young, and even if I didn't really like it, as long as I didn't hate it, they wouldn't force me to do anything I hate. But as long as I like. Could, could stomach it, they just make me do it if it could, if it would pay off in the future. Mm-hmm. So yeah, as I said, the piano, the tutoring, the violin, the, 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 violin, the Chinese, like all those things, I hated it at some point, mm-hmm. I just didn't like it, but they're like, you just gotta stick with it and it'll eventually pay off. And then they're telling this to like, like a six, seven year old kid, you know? Does the kid really know about like what's going to happen in the future? Like, do they even under, like you don't even understand yeah. what that means? That it'll pay off in the future. You don't even know what those words mean. But you like, just do it. You just, you just, just, just do it, right? You just do it. Yeah. 
Um, whereas I've seen, and uh, this is obviously a generalization, but I see a lot of like Western families, um, they kind of just let their kids give up a little bit. Mm. But that being the case, they're also a lot more open-minded about things, and they also let their kids try out a lot of like more different things. Right. Um, when I wanted to play sport, when I wanted to play rugby, mm. my parents were really against it, actually. Really? Um, f- f- firstly, because um, there was a risk of bodily harm. Mm. There was a risk of injuring my fingers, which actually did happen. Uh, it was pretty bad. Actually. How did that go down? Uh, it was okay, because I'd actually taken a break from piano, mm. um, and then I broke my finger. So, <laughs> it was not too bad. But then, it's actually pretty... It's pretty I actually regret it, because... I broke my finger, and then I just I just haven't played piano since because I, I waited too long, and then just things popped up. Oh, then I moved down yeah. to Melbourne. I didn't have a piano down here. Yeah. And things, you know, I, it's just been a few years since I've played. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So now I can't even play properly. Yeah. Um, but uh. There you go. Anyway. Yeah. So but then so, <laughs> now, so then obviously there was a risk of bodily harm. Mm. Uh, it would eat into my study time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just said, you know. Do you really need to play sport? Can't you just like do some fitness things to get you fitness? Do you really have to, you know, it just eats into your, it, they, don't, they don't really see, they didn't really see the point of me playing sport. It was a very academic focus. Yeah, well, it's just because I was playing at a pretty like mediocre level. Yeah. You know, I was never, there was no chance of me doing anything with rugby apart from having fun. Mm. But then, you know, I was at a predominantly like white school and I did enjoy rugby, and it was also a way for me to like connect with other people, with the other kids at school. So then they're like, so then they're like, okay, it's you know, it's fine. Um, they didn't want to like. Yeah, and my parents, my parents are reasonably open-minded, mm. like relative to like other Asian parents. Yeah. I reckon they actually are pretty more, much more open-minded mm. than a lot of other Asian people. Um, but yeah, uh, but with like Western people, you know, mm. you know, they want to try out. Ton of different sports. If they want to try out a ton of different instruments, you know, if they want to try out different languages or you know whatever, like, mm. or the the subject selection that they study at school, um, whatever they wanted to really try out. Like, I never really heard many of them say that their parents didn't want to do something. Stop them from their, their parents would just say you can't do that. Mm. Um, for me, like my my subject selection was had to be advanced mathematics, had to be physics, yeah. had to be chemistry and all those other things. Um, and that was just one of the course. Uh, yeah. You know, because those were the those were the things you did to get the best finish like the best um, what do you call it? The finishing school. When you finish yeah. school. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was just that's just that's just what you had to do. Um, so that's what you did. Yeah right. Uh, so I guess like yeah. for like what you're saying is like with Chinese culture, the way it is at the moment, one thing they could take from Western culture is maybe a little bit more open-mindedness towards things. Yeah. Whereas what Western culture could take is instead of like walking down a corridor and opening every single door and not really yeah. getting anywhere with every single door, is yeah. to kind of maybe pick a few doors. Yeah. And focus more yeah. on that. Yeah. So. Yeah, that is pretty much what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, with, and then like this is all just generalization again, of mm. course, um, but. Yeah, I don't know actually what to say apart from that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty much yeah. pretty, that's pretty succinct actually what yeah, I was gonna yeah. say. Um, Asian people can get, you know, very, very strict mm. and they're very, very 
almost like one track minded about things. But the whole point of, of that is to set you up for the future. Yeah. Um, and on that, I actually think a bit of diversity sets you up better for the future. Um, be that diversity in what you learn, diversity mm. in what you do, diversity in the kind of people you hang out with. Mm. Um, you know, like a fun note, like a funny thing is, um, whenever I had to, whenever I wanted to go out with friends, my parents would say, who are you going out with? Um, what are their families like? Uh, are they good at studying? Um, so they'd, they'd ask a whole bunch, they'd just do a background check with who you're hanging out with. Wow. So they didn't want you to hang out with like, bad people. Mm. So they said, if you said, oh, this is, this is some of the other like Asian kids from school, almost instant yes. If you said, oh, it was a, uh, and then, so this is probably like a little bit of ingrained racism or I don't know yeah, what it yeah. was, but you know, you said, oh, it was just a friend from school and they'd be like, you know, white family, be like, yes, um, how are their studies? What are you guys going to be doing? You know, mm. um, where are you guys going to go? Um, give me his mum's contact number so I can call just to check in, in case I have to. Yeah. Um, but it was an Asian family, they'd be like, yeah, especially if they knew them, they'd be like, oh, just, yeah, like, like if they've heard of them or if I've talked about them before, mm. they'd be like, oh yeah, he's that guy who, who you've been fighting with to try and get number one in maths. Like, that, this is a legitimate conversation. Yeah. There was one other Asian kid that I was trying to like, get, <laughs> I, was, I was like battling him. Did like, you beat him? Uh, we would like swap it, we would like yeah, change. Yeah, yeah. change. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, if it was him, it was like, oh, it's that kid who's like doing, um, who's also really good at maths. Yeah, let's just go, yeah. just, just go hang out with him. Like, that kind of thing. Wow, that's crazy. So they, they really wanted you to hang out with other like, like-minded people, mm. which is good. But then also I think, um, just hanging out with a vast range of us, like very diverse mm. group of people is um, really good, just a really good experience. Yeah. And it really just helps shape your experiences. It really helps shape your ability to view the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, instead of just being very academic focused or very like one track minded. Yeah, right. Um, so thankfully my parents were pretty open minded about things. Mm. So it wasn't too bad. Um, but yeah. Like I know a lot of I had a, like a lot of friends who say, you know, they just weren't allowed to hang out with certain people. Yeah. Just just cause, you know. Um, I remember once I hang, I hang out with a friend, mm. and I just said like a minor curse word. It was like crap or like shit, and his his mom was there, and then he just said the next day he said, oh, my mom never wants to hang out with you again because you said that word. Wow. Yeah. I take it. I'm not kidding. Wow. Yeah. Did you hang out with him? Oh yeah, like it was it was fine. Yeah, <laughs> but you because because if we were like if we were like eight years old, but we were like we were like nineteen. Yeah, well. But you know we, we were nineteen, and his mum didn't want him hanging around out around with like around with like people who say like say like crap. That's hectic, man. Yeah. Wow, right. That is really extreme. Yeah. Cool. I kind of like I understand like why they're doing this, as in, as in like. They want you to be surrounded with positive influences so that you, you know, succeed in whatever your areas are that you're chasing. But that's like almost too close-minded in a way. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. So it does get a little bit close-minded. Mm. But you know, once again, from 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 their side, it comes from a position of trying to look out for their their child. Yeah. And that's probably the most telling thing that you'd say about. An Asian upbringing is that the parents want the most 
for their child. Um, they'll go to extremes. Like I, I, I have heard of people who say, who said, my parents, if it weren't for me, would have gotten divorced. But they stayed together mm. just so that I wouldn't have a broken family. Yeah. Um, one thing that my mom says a lot is that when you eventually get married, you can't get married to someone from with divorced parents because that that's just like a bad a bad family. And like I've I've talked to her a lot about this. I'm like mm. I said like you know you can't just shoot on people with the things like that. Yeah. You know, um, you know you can't just say because they've got divorced parents that they're just gonna have they're just gonna be a bad person. Mm. But from her point of view, like she just says. Like, like a full family is a better family, mm. and it's a better upbringing. And my mom said, like, if if it would have been better for her to divorce my dad, she would have done it for me. You know, thankfully they still love each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but she said she she just said like, you know, if it was ever the case that it would have been better for me for her to divorce dad, even though she loved him, she would have just done it. Wow. Like, as long as it was for me. Very, yeah. very focused on it, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's really um, interesting. Yeah. Crazy. So yeah, it's very, it, it does get, you know, sometimes it does boggle my mind as well. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I guess it's yeah. kind of cool, like you were saying as well, that you can have those discussions now with your mum as well, because obviously you have hung out, like coming down to Melbourne as well, you've obviously hung out with a lot of different cultures, a lot mm. of different people. Yeah. And you're able to kind of see... Um, more of an open-minded view than your parents. Yeah. And the fact that you're able to talk to your mum about that mm-hmm. shows that them being in Australia as well has probably like opened yeah. their minds a yeah. little bit. So definitely because I was... I... We're on again. Um, so yeah, so that's... So my dad, also, my dad also had his side of the family is also a little bit broken. So mm. that might be a reason why my mum wants me to, you know, marry into someone's family that's like no divorced parents, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's probably a reason why. I like my dad doesn't talk much. I don't really talk much to my dad. It's not because I don't like it. It's not because we don't love each other. I mean, I I say like, hey, when I get home, when I when I fly back to Brisbane, mm. and then I get home because mom picks me up. I go home. I I like walk in the state like, hey dad. And he's like, hey. And I'm like, and then we're just like, we both see that we're both fine. You know, he's like, you're back. I'm like, yes, I'm back. <laughs> you're back. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 That's it. And then, and then maybe like a few days later, Dad will be like, let's do the gardening together. Yeah. And we won't say we're doing gardening, we're doing gardening together. Yeah. And then we go watch a movie later. And then like, you know, so like, that's just the kind of dynamic we have. He's a very, you know, it's not like he doesn't show his emotions, mm. but he's a bit more, a bit more stoic. Yeah. You know, a bit more staunch. Yeah. 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 That's um, really cool. Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. It's, yeah. A lot of what you've said, like, now and before the podcast is, like, completely new to me. And, like, I've had Chinese friends, but I've never really gone into this kind of, like, conversation. Yeah. So it's really good understanding, like, how it works. Mm-hmm. But let's um, touch quickly on, like, the work side of things. Yeah. Um, in China and just in Asia in general. We had, like, a really interesting conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially, like, around the work culture in places like Hong Kong and Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe style China, like, what's the kind of difference? Obviously, there's over a billion people that you really got to, like, work your ass off. Yeah. Um, and how is that affecting people in terms of, like, depression, suicide rates, and that kind of thing? So, in China, um, I can't say a lot, because I obviously haven't worked there. Mm. 
Um, and the last time I was there, I was like 19, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's difficult because you, it's, you really, once again, from top to bottom, you really have to differentiate yourself. Mm. You really have to like be able to showcase that you have, um, you know, you have, you're, you're, you're exceptional at something. You're gifted. Yeah, something. you're gifted at something to get to like a reasonably high level of anything. Mm. Um, otherwise, you're just some office worker or you're just some kind of like uh, run-of-the-mill average kind of employment, which is fine as well. But, you know, in China, the, the, the paths to success are limited, are very limited just because there's so many people. Mm. Um, and that just has created a huge, uh, a huge like workplace environment where a huge, like a toxic workplace environment. It's not too bad in China. Yeah. Um, but that's because in China, this, the, the economy is still growing mm. and when the economy is growing, more jobs are created. So they're kind of keeping up with it, you know, to be able to like excel, you do need to be exceptional, mm. which is, you know, kind of, kind of speaks for itself. But I do know in, in countries like Hong Kong and Japan, um, where they've already kind of like really, really overdeveloped, not overdeveloped, they've like developed quite technologically far. Yeah. Um, and they're quite advanced that, uh, uh, the workplace has started to get really, really quite tough mentally, uh, just purely on what they expect you to do. Mm. So in Japan, their workplace environment, what I've heard is extremely toxic. Mm. Um, they have like crazy suicide rates, mm -hmm. um, and then they have like leading, they're like um, dropping birth rate, yeah. and then a lot of people theorize the workplace environment is a major factor uh, into that because young people just don't have time or energy mm. or just don't have like the mental the drive mental drive to go and find a partner mm. um, since most of their day is just spent at this like toxic despair filled workplace environment yeah right um, so like yeah in Japan um, it's it's law to have two meter fences two meter high fences on all high rise buildings to stop people jumping off them because they were, they used to have a crazy suicide problem where people just jump off buildings. That's so that yeah. still blows my mind. Yeah, it's, it's and you were really, saying before as well they yeah. had to like once they go up. They yeah, so they they got to go up and then there has to be they have to be the fence has to then invert mm. to go inside. Otherwise, it's pretty easy for people to just climb up over and yeah. jump over. Um, and then in, in Hong Kong, like that kind of thing happens as well. Mm. Tell um, us a story about when you yeah yeah. yeah. So I was with the, with, I was with a friend with some friends mm. and one of my Hong Kong native friends was taking us around and we were walking through a business district to get to a market and he just said, you know, just don't look up because you might just see someone standing up in the building thinking about jumping off mm. and if you don't want to see that, just don't look up because it's going to be, you might not see it, but you might see it, you know, so I'm just warning you now, don't even mm. like, don't even run it's that, crazy. don't even run that risk of seeing that kind of thing if you, yeah. if it's going to like scar you. Um, that's crazy that the problem yeah. is like that bad and that like uncontrollable I guess that ignorance is just bliss no, yeah. it's like it's, instead of like looking at it yeah. it's gonna happen regardless the one, yeah, the one thing that really struck me was just how like run of the mill it was for him mm. where it's just like oh 
some office work is just going to jump off the building. Like, just gonna, it's just going to happen. Like, it's happened before and it happened again for him. Like, that's just what he what he's used to. Because mm-hmm. um, we were talking about like at the Emporium the other day, where yeah. you and I both work, and yeah. someone threw themselves at the building, and that like that closed down the mall for like two hours, and yeah. people didn't go to work because I was so distraught. Whereas in Hong Kong, your friend just said, "Don't look up." Yeah, just just walk that's by. perspective. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, back to the original thing. You know, the workplace in a in an Asian culture is very, you know, it's very like results focused, mm. where you have to get the results, otherwise you're not allowed to go home. Yeah. Um, if you, you know, it's kind of like a a pride or an honor or like a. So there's a concept in Asian culture called face, mm-hmm. and basically, to lose face is to do is to be is really shameful. Way like something embarrassing happens, mm. um, you know, you've done something that's not that great, you lose face, and it's extremely shameful. Mm. Um, and like something as simple as saying, "Oh, I stayed back at work an extra two hours," you only you you clocked off, like, on time. You've lost face because everyone, if everyone else in the office is staying back two hours past when they should go home, the fact that you've clocked off on time, which you're entitled to do, mm. is shameful. Wow. You, you've lost face doing that. So then you're now pretty much obligated to stay back an extra two hours every single day. And then a lot of people then say, well, I also, I also came in an hour early. And it's like everyone comes in an hour early, you're now obligated to come in an hour early as well. Otherwise, you lose face. So basically, it's just this continuous. Yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the one thing I've heard with like Hong Kong, like very heavy banking industry. Mm. So a lot of bankers already pull crazy hours, and then in Hong Kong, um, Singapore as well. I've heard. Um, mm. You know, you just you just expected to to pull these stupid hours. You get like five hours sleep or something like every yeah. single day, and then you just have to put up with it for like put up with it for a few years before you can like try and move on, move up the wrong. Yeah. And that's only once you've gone into a position of like leadership or like relative success when you can then start like defining your own hours. Yeah. Then it's fine. Because then there's no one else that you're trying to like put on a good face for. Yeah. Yeah. Because you are like yeah. Right. Because you are the person mm. people have to show you. And show that's what you were yeah. saying as well yeah. with like obviously like uh, in American culture and Western culture like a lot of the times to like feel significant it's people buy a bling and they buy like Rolex and they buy cars yeah. and that's because like they want to look cool in front of other yeah. people whereas yeah. in Asian culture it's similar but like quite different in a way because it's actually more just a respect thing like yeah. they've kind of made it like yeah. they, they're showing face yeah. at that point yeah. it's so, not about the material it's more about like how they're viewed like respect wise yeah so amongst Asian culture I think one thing that's really important is they don't like being looked down upon. Mm. Like they just, they just hate it. Mm. I don't know why they just hate it. So the same thing, they hate losing face. Mm. Um, like doing something good is like good, but to lose even like a little, to do something even a little bit shameful is like world ending. They just mm. hate it so much. So for them, when they go and like buy expensive name brand stuff or they show off money or stuff like that. A lot of it is, a lot of it is, from my view, the way that I see it is, for them, it's, look, I've, 
I've got this money, you can't look down on me for being poor. Mm. Um, or look, I'm so smart, or my son's so smart, my daughter's so smart. You can't say they were uneducated. Mm. Whereas, the way that I see it amongst Western cultures, as a generalization is, when they do that kind of stuff, it's look at how much money I've got, you should respect me more. Yeah, or, right. you know, look at this degree I have, you know, this is how smart I am, you should respect me more because of that. Whereas amongst Asian people, it's just, you know, you can't look down on me for this thing anymore because yeah. I've gotten to this point. It's obvious that I've got money, you can't call me poor anymore, mm. you know? Um, and it, so it ends up being at the same place. Yeah, just different ways. Of wildly different, like, approaches. Yeah, right. Um, and obviously I'm generalizing, mm. you know, there's going to be nuances to everything. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the way that I've yeah. understood it. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, well then, let's kind of like recap it quickly before I ask you one last question. Yeah. So in one sentence, just one sentence, try to keep it one sentence if you can. What would your number one, like, um, if you were like someone in Western cultures right now listening, what would be the number one take you could get from um, Eastern upbringing that you don't really have in Western upbringing? From Western upbringing. Um, so something that a Western upbringing could take out of Eastern culture to improve. Uh, is this like on raising, on like for, for like upbringing for a kid or? Maybe let's just say just values in general. Just values in general. Um, sacrifice, yeah. So sacrifice is um, definitely the one thing that I think, uh, and then I'm, I'm, I'm I'm sure that there's a lot of like Western people mm. who have to go through sacrifice mm -hmm. as well, but it's n not as ingrained in yeah. their culture. Yeah. So, I guess, I guess, with Western with Asian people, mm. um, sacrificing for the future is par for the course. Yeah. You know, it is just something that they do. Mm. Um, they'll sacrifice things for their own future. They'll sacrifice things for. Um, their family and their kids' future, mm. you know, and the scale of it as well. Um, they'll they'll sacrifice almost everything yeah. for their kids. Yeah, right. Um, and that's probably in general in Western yeah. culture. That's I totally agree. That's not really a thing. It's more of a I don't want to do that because it's yeah, it's too hard or like oh, it's yeah, it's just too hard or you know it's, I shouldn't it's, have to do that. Or, yeah, or you think it's like a little bit demeaning and then like one other thing is um, like Asian people will lose face for mm. their kids mm. like they will just do it mm. um, they will just lose face for their kids they will, they will just do shameful things for their kids mm. they will bow down they will get on their knees for mm. their kids um, that's really cool yeah they'll bow down to other people mm. they'll, they'll just do it if it's to help their kids mm. uh, and that that's in Asian culture, to bow down, place your head on the ground, is like the biggest mark of shame you can ever do. Yeah, right. It is like, you, you're saying, I'm your servant. Yeah, right. um, You can look down, you, it's literally saying, you look down on me now. It's like something you yeah. do with like the emperor kind of thing. Right? Yeah, well, yeah, basically, well, it's just, you just say like, look, you look down on me, um, you're allowed to look down on me, I'm mm. below you. Mm. Um, but for them, they're doing it for the kids. So yeah. they, they, they wouldn't think, a second of it, hmm. yeah. Okay, and then vice versa. What would you say? Because obviously you're in a unique position because yeah. you've basically grown up in a Western culture, yeah. but 
you've come from like an Eastern background. Um, what would be the biggest take you could say that like um, in terms of values wise that could be taken from Western culture and brought into like Eastern culture? Just be more open-minded mm. um, and be more, uh, I wouldn't say be easier on your kids, but allow them more leniency. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when a lot of times I felt like very uh, constricted, mm. I felt like I was in a, like trapped in a box a lot of times um, when I was living with my parents. Mm. That's why like I don't want to like when I moved down to Melbourne on my own, the freedom was like it was bliss. Mm. I get, get could get to do what I what I wanted, but like I didn't even need that much, you know. I just said you know a bit of you know autonomy of action, that mm. kind of thing. So yeah, some leniency would go a long way to having mm. just like a healthy mental state for mm. your kids because I think a lot of a lot of times the parents are quite successful at setting up their kids for some kind of for a successful future mm. but they're just not happy. Like Yeah, exactly. They so they can success yeah. and like you know, yeah. like if you're looking at it from a money point of view or a career point of view, but yeah. like it, the happiness side of thing kind of lacks. Yeah. The personal, it's, like, internal, yeah. Yeah, and then it's just, because one of the things is, when family is so important, um, kids are taught not to talk back to their parents, mm. and they're taught to just, you know, to just put up with what their parents just do. Deal with it. They just deal with it. Um, and sometimes it's fine, and then sometimes you feel like you have, you just so bought a lot, that mm-hmm. you just gotta explode, right? Um, and then just giving them a bit of leniency, you know. Mm. Let's say, you know, you can do what you want sometimes. You mm. know, go and have some fun sometimes. Um, you know, get let let them have like a youth, yeah. A childhood, yeah. And yeah, and then, but once again, I'm privileged, and my parents weren't that bad anyways. Mm. So I I have I have pretty open-minded parents. Um, so this is me kind of talking from my own perspective and talking from what I see from other people. Yeah. But obviously I'm not growing up in that family. Mm. So even then there might be other things that I don't know about. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Thank you very much. No worries. Last question. Mm-hmm. So I ask everyone that I do a podcast with us. Yeah. Um, so you're going to die tomorrow. Die tomorrow. Right? Okay. Die tomorrow. Yes. And you can only leave behind one message to the world. To the world. So one message. Like it doesn't like something that you would want the world to hear before you went tomorrow. Um, what would it be? What would you tell people as you know something to help them? Um, Take your time. The world, what would I leave? I would probably just tell my parents I love them. I think. Cool. Yeah. I. I mean, what what does the world care about me? Mm. Okay. But what does what do my parents care about me? Mm. Yeah. And then I guess if I had a girlfriend, if I had a wife, or something, <laughs> yeah. I, I'd tell them I love them. I, 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 I would tell my family I'd love them. Yeah, right. I guess because. Yeah. That's a really interesting answer. What does what does the world care about me? That's really cool. That yeah, right. That's good. What do I care about my family? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Once again, it's all about family. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, bro. Yeah. Thanks, man. No worries. I appreciate it. It's good fun.